When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everyone welcome to heart and hand extra the second of our weekly free shows from the heart and hand team i hope you're all doing well and looking forward to the turn of proper football this weekend and it doesn't come more proper than an old firm derby the third of the season with both sides having recorded one goal and one win each it's now rangers turn to visit the dark side of the city to take on the evildoers joining me to look ahead to the fixture our two heavyweights of the heart and hand universe. First of all, the splendid Mr. Ian Hogg. Good evening, mate. How you doing? And the tremendous Mr. Cameron Bell. Good afternoon, boys. Good afternoon. So Thursday afternoon, battle fever, I think, beginning to set in, it's fair to say. I have a strange feeling of confidence about Sunday, and it's not that explicable, I suppose, when you look at current form and you look at our recent travails. But yet, for some reason, I have a feeling we're going to certainly not get beat Sunday. I think that we will at least come away with a point. Hoggy, you're a miserable bastard. You tell me why I'm wrong. Um, our form has been utterly dreadful. Celtic's form hasn't. They, uh, you know, it's, I think it's fair to say they've, they've been through a bit of turmoil. Celtic's uh, results have been good. The performances haven't. And look... That's, I'm not in any way denigrating that. I wish ours was like that. It's a case of they can win when they're not playing well. I just think they're not as formidable as they were even a few months ago. Oh, they're not. They're not. It's not. It's, uh, this isn't like last season or the season before when you'd go to Parkhead and expect the worst. There's a hope and there's a certain belief about Sunday we under no doubts, we under, under no illusions. We can go there and win. We absolutely can. I do just think our form of late points to us not doing very well. It wouldn't be like it wouldn't be unlike us actually, David, to go there and pull off a result and then draw or lose to Hearts. That would not be unlike us. No. Um, but I, I fully, I, I'd be surprised. 
surprised if we win on Sunday and very, very pleasantly surprised, I should say. Cammy, let's uh, go with the rule that the past is the best predictor of the future and we'll look at the two matches that we've taken on Celtic this season. The first one came just a couple of days after Rangers got back from Ufa. We got back from Russia late on Friday, or early rather, Friday morning and uh, had to play on the this, this Sunday morning. But match Rangers, of course, had gone down to nine men, heroic backs to the wall effort. And I was at the Q&A with Stephen Gerrard the other night, and thank you for bailing me out of Helen Street, Nick, the next morning. Um, smells lovely. But uh, he does, not Helen Street, Nick. But one of the things he said was, going into that game, there was nothing in their legs. He said, and we knew it, and that's why... He set them up tactically the way we did that day, where it was quite clearly a holding operation. He said that um, the plan was to try and keep them at bay and then go and break in the last 20 minutes, but we get caught with uh, the goal that Celtic scored through Cham uh, on the breakaway, and that's what did for us. That was a pretty disappointing performance. There was obviously a reason behind the way we set up, but I think a lot of Rangers fans were disappointed that we attempted that containment strategy. I'd be really disappointed. There's not that reason for that on Sunday that there was that day? Well, there's not, but then we've also seen at the game at Ibrox uh, the ability to match them physically, which I think <clears throat> has been the main reason as to why we've struggled against them in recent seasons. Um, I think we've been, I mean, we've said it before, but I think we were outfought and outfought um, in, in kind of both meanings in terms of. Um, there was a, quite a bit of tactical naivety from the coaching staff previously, which I don't think Gerard is necessarily shown in his old firm games. Um, but from a, a battle perspective, um, the game Ibrox showed that we we absolutely can do that and not feel as if we should be in any way intimidated by them. And, you know, again, we've, we've seen old firm games in recent history, we uh, you know, we were we were beating the tunnel even before the players came onto the park. So, what the players have to do, I, I, I can't. I, I'll, I'll play a bit of kind of devil's dick advocate in terms of. I think we can win on Sunday. I think we've got the opportunity to do it, and I think if we're going to get down this route of having minimum amount of away fans in all firm games, um. I think it's going to feel like the default position comes to, right, well, we'll just get two home wins and two away losses. And that's what both sets of fans will have to accept. So something's obviously going to have to break that. And, and we can do that. Um, my problem, and I've got to totally agree with Ian here, is we could win on Sunday and then lose the Hearts, in which case it completely negates the result. Um, Celtic do have that winning mentality. Uh, Martin Ramsey obviously refers to a lot of that kind of muscle memory of being able to not have great performances but get results, and that's what wins you leagues. Absolutely. Um, I mean, they've had three late winners that we would have drawn those matches. We did draw those matches. Celtic got late winners, and that's, yeah. I mean, boom, there's six points, ten points, league's done. And I think that, that we all accept that. But, Hoggy, going back to the game on December the 29th, as Cammy says, a couple of factors that I want to discuss. First of all, that day, Rangers match Celtic's physicality for the first time in a long time. And by that, I'm not suggesting before uh, any of our, our many um, paranoid Tim listeners suggest that the, I'm saying they're an overtly physical team. They're not. But in old firm matches, they had a, an athleticism that Rangers just could not match over the last couple of seasons. 
Um, that wasn't the case. Rangers went in with a midfield of McCrory, Jack and Arfield and dominated um, with the crowd hugely behind them. And I've said it before, no one will ever persuade me that the fact that it was um, predominantly Rangers fans and the atmosphere was mental did play a part both in terms of inspiring the Rangers players and for the Celtic players kind of looking around and being slightly unsettled. Um, shoes on the other foot. However, we now have experience of that. We've been to Parkhead once this season with these these rules in place. And the crowd there obviously will, will be behind them. How big a factor was it? How big a factor is it? And then... Talk to me a little bit about the midfield configuration for this match. So in terms of the crowd, um, it is what it is this season. I I, I don't see it changing in the foreseeable future unless um, Mr Lawwell attempts to force change through the SPFL route. So I don't see it changing in the the foreseeable future. And we do have... I think we've got experience of going there the first experience of that vastly reduced uh, backing, and we did all right. You know, we we were. I think Gerard himself said it. We were on our last legs. Therefore, we tried to get containment, and on another day we could have come away with something because Celtic weren't really up to either. So we've got to take. For me, we've got to take that and show. Well, do you know what? If we can contain Celtic and that's what we did we didn't we we hardly created anything but if we can contain them and then play like we did or play something like we did in late December then absolutely we've got a chance you know and our (coughs) excuse me our fans have got to look at going to places like Ufa going to Moscow where we had really not much of a backing at all you know there was a uh, a, a, a few hundred fans made the trip and bloody hell, you know, the guys that went to Ufa, um, which if you go direct south, I think you hit Afghanistan. That's how far east it was. So we got a few hundred fans there in a, you know, in, in, in an atmosphere that's backing the home team and we came out, we, we've shown that we can come out with a win. So first and foremost, it's down to our players, David. Can we do it in the face of adversity? Then you've got that midfield configuration. And we're going to play 4-3-3. I I would be amazed if we don't, with the likes of Kandias and Kent really having to work those wings. Um, You know, with probably uh, Tavernier and Halliday, I would imagine, behind them. Will we go Kamara, Jack and Arfield? Or will we go McCrory, Jack and Arfield? For me, I think that's the big question. McCrory's got to play for me um, with his his passing might not be as good as the likes of a Glenn Kamara but his thought process, his decision making, his ability to see trouble before it happens and snuff it out and also just his sheer athleticism for me means he has to play and the other question after McCrory then is is Scott Arfield fit to play because I think there's been the certainly not even the suspicion you know he was he was left out because, and, and the manager said he wasn't fit he was carrying an injury um, for me McCrory's got to be in and Arfield's got to be at the top of his game like he was at the end of December yeah that that's my thing I think it will be Kamara that draw, I think McCrory will play and I think Kamara will drop out um, 
I'm not sure that's the configuration I'd go with. I would probably go with McCrory and Kamara and then either Arfield or Jack. But uh, as I say, I suspect it probably will be the, the midfield that lined up, if, if they're fit, because obviously Jack and Arfield were out before the international break. I think that they'll both come into the side. Now, Cami, in terms of the... In terms of the atmosphere, one of the things the manager said at the Q&A the other night, for those of you who are not sure what, what I'm referring to, the Rangers Charity Foundation had organised a, a Q&A event at Ibrox with Mark Allen and Stephen Gerrard. And he said in that first match, he said, I felt that there was a bit of a lack of belief from some of the boys, that they didn't think they could do it. And he said and a lot of that was due to the scar tissue that they built up. He said there was a mental block in place about beating Celtic, which was why the December game was so important. He said, so the mental block's gone. They are confident. They know they can do it now. He said, but the next thing is they need to know they can do it at Parkhead. That's the next step. Once we get a victory there, then that changes that dynamic as well. So, it's interesting because he said he felt the difference going into the, the game at Christmas. When the first one, he thought there were a few that just didn't quite have the necessary levels of belief. The second game, he didn't feel that at all. He felt they were up for it. I suppose then the question is, well, is that because they felt you know we're a better team now? We know each other better. We know we can do this. Or was it home advantage? And I suppose the only way we'll find that out is, is Sunday. I think it's... <laughs> I think it's more to do with um, the scar tissue you refer to is probably because there's been so many easy games against Rangers from a Celtic perspective. Um, and I felt that the game, the first old firm game in the season at Parkhead, um, we were tired. I mean, that's obvious. I think Celtic, you know, were able to, to uh, dominate the game in terms of where that sits at. I don't know if the idea of being containment would have been a good idea in kind of retrospect, but you've got to, you've got to carry on with that because obviously the players had a um, a mammoth game immediately prior. The the issue that you've got with where we're at the moment is we didn't have the belief to get into that game at Parkhead but we absolutely had an abundance of it in the game at Ibrox um, and as much as we're talking about the atmosphere and obviously the majority being Rangers fans clearly at Ibrox there was a lot within that game where I think people were just waiting for something to happen against us and it could have went sour quite quickly. But actually, the team played so well that for me, there was a synergy that was being created by the team, which then went into the stands, and then it was then reverberated back to the team. So don't get me wrong, it can certainly help, but the team have to get the fans motivated is probably the best way I can try and put it. Um, what we have to be really cautious of, and if we're approaching this in terms of where we are now, is if Neil Lennon has got any sense, what he'll do is he'll simply turn into these players and say, if you do this now, the league is virtually mathematically over. Um, we've now got the opportunity for what is to cause and effect to win the title on our own ground. Um, and you were absolutely battered at Ibrox. And, but for Craig Gordon, that game could have been easily 4 or 5 nil. Um, so he's got the opportunity now to go and motivate his players. What we need to probably do is box a bit clever and see how they come out. Because they might come out the traps all guns blazing and want to try and get it dealt with quickly. That might be because of some degree of vengeance, some degree of revenge. They want to be able to try and, and hurt us back like we hurt them in the 29th. So we can now contain some of that. Actually, we should have the legs and the energy to be able to go back out. The, the players can't rely on the fans at, at 
Parkhead, they can't. And I would love to say that they could, but the numbers are so minuscule that actually we can make noise, but it will be drowned out if Celtic start to get their act together as well. So uh, I that's we that's to... actually that's very interesting, Cammy, because what we haven't seen in either game so far is the home team obviously go behind, or even the home team be under a sustained spell of pressure in both matches. So far, the home team have dominated pretty much from minute one. So there hasn't been that, if you like, that, that slight change to the script, which is how does this massive home crowd react to things that aren't going well? There hasn't, but then at the same point, if we were sitting at Ibrox in the 29th and obviously Celtic had taken an early lead, our habitual thought process, because of what's happened recently, is Jesus, this could turn into two or three or four. Whereas, you know, within the first few minutes of that game, you know, we're, we're considering ourselves unlucky not to go in front and that's what you have to remember that's what you have to be able to try and persuade the players to to see that performance and go out with that we we could see Celtic being able to say well you should remember that game for the fact that you were absolutely dominated throughout it but we have got the ability to do that and hopefully what we're seeing to see from Gerard is we're a bit more kind of energy following the international break is the players going out with a, a, a really positive attitude towards that and almost to, as I say a certain extent having to contain Celtic so that we don't see that home team with that home advantage score quite early on in the game and it potentially turning into a whitewash because it, it, it's it's just, it'll be horrible. Um, we really do need to make sure that we actually press the game towards them. And if they come out, it's all guns blazing. We could try and hit them on the counter, but I'd let them run their energy and see how we go. And they'll have had probably more players impacted by the international break, probably from what I would gather from their start of living than we will. So we'll have to see still, obviously how that works out. It's quite, um, David, it's quite an interesting point that, though, around, you know, we've talked about how we might set up and what mid- midfield formation we might go after. But actually, in many ways, um, I expect Celtic to come out and have a go. Um, as I say, in many ways, I think that suits us because we're a better team on the counter attack, especially away from home. Um, and it allows to attack into space. It won't happen, but actually, Neil's probably got a better chance of getting a result if he just sits in and lets Rangers come on to him. Mm. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's we've seen this so often this season, the knock on this Rangers team, and it's a deserved one, is that they struggle against teams that sit in, deny them space. They don't create much, and we've been hit. You know, the Aberdeen game uh, in the Scottish Cup, the replay is a, a very good example of it. They, they got an early goal from a Rangers mistake, sat in Rangers couldn't break them down, got more and more frustrated. Aberdeen hit us in the break, good night. And we've seen it so often, teams set up with Kilmarnock in the last home match. Kilmarnock set up well, were very difficult to break down. Rangers struggle, we lack creativity in that final, uh, if you like, that that final area midfield. And we, we don't get it. But conversely, then, we all agree that this is a thing. The manager has said he's out looking for players who will be able to add that little bit of sparkle up front. But this is the opposite type of game of that this is a game where the guys who complain about not getting any space well you're going to get space it's up to you whether or not you do anything in it but Celtic will give you the opportunity it's whether or not you can win your individual duel it's whether or not you can create it's whether or not you can go and make something happen and for that um, ironically enough given that he doesn't have a, a good record in these matches in terms of goals Alfredo Morelos uh, I'm, I'm, I've seen him in these matches batter their centre-backs, hasn't scored yet but he's he's had some great games, people tend to forget that, but it's more about what the rest of the team who are charged with the creative side of the game need to do, I think we can Deus and Kent and we need both of them to, 
to have good games, both of them. And they need to have good games going forward. It's not enough to work hard. They've got to make something happen. Absolutely. I think when we, when you look at, I mean, obviously we'll do this as, as, as part of the kind of larger pod anyway, when we do a season review at the end of the, end of the season. But there's also an opportunity to, to, to really look at where we've had from a, from a marginal gain perspective. Of course, we want a trophy. Of course, we want the league. We're starved of success. We're absolutely desperate for it. Totally understand that. But there's been so many marginal gains under Gerrard. The two obvious ones being beating Celtic in the league and also, obviously, Europe as well has been huge. So you're absolutely right. Being able to beat them at Parkhead would be phenomenal. Now, whether or not we want to really truly acknowledge this or not, and it's not nice saying it, but fundamentally, for us, Sunday is a free hit. If we win, then great, because we still do put a bit of pressure on them. But absolutely, Celtic will still obviously remain massive favourites for the league. But do you know what? As long as we go out there and make a good account of ourselves, it gives those players the opportunity to say, you've got nothing to fear when you go and play these rats at, at, at Parkhead. Because the most important thing around this is that you go out there, you match them, you play your game that suits you best, and we don't make stupid or daft mistakes. And from that, if we can get a great performance from the players, then that's absolutely what we want to be able to try and do. Um, it's not about you know, they're going gung-ho and all the rest of it. But these players have to go out there and, and prove that because we expect transfers to be able to come in. Um, potentially, Morelos might not be with us next season. I think that's growing ever, ever lightly. So we know that we're going to generate cash to be able to bring in other players. That means that these players will probably have to start thinking about using games like Sunday as an opportunity to really stake their claim for staying and, um, and be able to fight for a position. That's how they should look at it. And to a certain extent, it's a, a self-fulfilling prophecy about going out and making sure that you're uh, delivering what your manager expects you to do, but doing it under quite obvious pressure. I think, to be honest, we could probably name the team right now, unless there's some curveball throwing Hoggy. Um, Bonner Barisic pulled up with an injury and says he'll be out for at least two weeks. He mentioned that uh, he pulled up with an injury playing for Croatia against Hungary this week, um, which would mean Andy Halliday returning to the side if he's fit because he went off, he limped off against Kilmarnock, we'll recall a couple of weeks ago. But uh, say he's fit, then the team, uh, I'll give you what I think it will be, um, McGregor in goals, back four, Tavernier, Worrell, Goldson and uh, Halliday, midfield, Jack, McCrory and Arfield and up front, Kent, Candace, Morelos. Any changes to that that you can see? Um, not that I can see. No, we can all argue over the type of team that we individually would put out. But that's the team that Gerard will pick, I think, anyway, with the only real question being, is Arfield fit? Uh, and the other real question being, does he play McCrory or Camera? But the the... The 11 that you've named there, I think that'll be the starting 11. I, I think, personally speaking, I think he has to seriously consider um, Commander Jack. I would play, as Ian says, McCrory for his ability to be able to read the play. Arfield for his penetration, because we know he can get to the box. I know he's missed a few sitters recently, but he's proven about the fact that he can get forward. I don't think Commander deserves to be dropped necessarily, but I would look at, I think Jack has to be taken into consideration about one of the players that has to make way. So I think you could see a midfield three of McCrory, Camera and Arfield. I would pick that. That would be the one I'd pick, but I don't think it's the one the gaffer will pick. I think he'll, he'll pick Jack. Jack's one of his trusted lieutenants, and if he's fit, he'll play. 
it's just my opinion, and I, I agree with you. I can see the reason behind your reason, and I think it's more likely if if Jack and Arfield are fit, then I think it's Kamara or McCrory rather than uh, McCrory or uh, Jack. Unfortunately, I, I think that that's what the the manager will go with. So a lot to to look forward to for us then in this match. It's always. Uh, it's always interesting, and we've had some bad experiences there over the last few years, but the only way you start to recover from them is by going and getting victories, and uh, I hope this Rangers team sees this as an opportunity. Celtic, of course, uh, changed their manager. With all due respect, it's not a manager of the same level that they, they previously had, and I think that the opportunity is there for them to go and get the victory. Now, Hoggy, before we wrap up this week, now you probably pay more attention to Scotland than myself or Cameron. Um, I did watch the matches last week, two pretty grim performances uh, from Scotland as they were uh, humiliated in Kazakhstan by being genuinely destroyed by the the, the Kazakh team 3-0, and, and that was a fair reflection of the game. Then put in a uninspired performance to beat San Marino 2-0 and that's led to questions about the future of the reason we discussed it, former Rangers manager Alex McLeish, a man that we're all very fond of and some worrying reports coming out about Big Ek. Yeah there is um, so so reports of being medically unwell uh, prior to the San Marino game um, Plenty of rumour as to what may be wrong, but, you know, David, I'm not going to speculate on that until we hear official news. I think it's... Um, Alex McLeish was appointed... Here's my belief. Alex McLeish was appointed because Rod Petrie and co. thought it was the easy out at the time. Um, I think any any perceived or actual illness will then be used as a reason to empty him. Um, and Petrie and co get to carry on regardless. I think some of the stuff that we've heard, I don't think Ali, Alex McLeish hasn't had a tremendous start as Scotland manager. That's, that is absolutely fair to say. Um, some of the treatment of Alex McLeish already by the so-called Tartan Army has been appalling. Um, the same Tartan Army who indulged Bertie Volks for Christ knows how many months, years even, uh, but McLeish is to go after just a very few short months. So it's it's pretty pathetic all round, both from the hierarchy and the support. Uh, but ultimately, I expect he'll, he'll go and uh, health reasons will be cited. Ultimately, the game in Scotland, ultimately for me, David, it points to a wider issue in the game in Scotland. And A, jobs for the boys-ism, uh, and B, those actually meant to be running the game. Rod Petrie's are currently a shoe-in for the president's role at the SFA. And, and, and at the minute, I think the anyone has got until the end of March to put themselves forward for it. He's the only candidate so far. For me, that's everything that's wrong with the SFA and the game in Scotland. We've got a guy who thought it was dead funny that 15,000 Hibs fans got onto the park, uh, goaded Rangers fans and attempted to assault Rangers players. It was just exuberance, remember. That guy's going to be in charge of our national game. Um, so therefore, it, it doesn't surprise me what's happening with Alex McLeish. I hope his, I hope it's not ill health. Um, and and I, I genuinely, genuinely wish him all the best. But as I say, those in charge at the top of the tree, fucking hell, something, something's seriously wrong, David. Yeah, I don't think... Uh... 
you're wrong in that one. And uh, we send our best wishes to Alex McLeish. Hope that it's it's um, just the stress of the job rather than anything more serious. Um, he did a, an excellent job in his time at Rangers, and uh, most Rangers fans are will always be very very fond of the big man. Right, that'll do us then for this preview. We will be back on Monday to discuss the result and the fallout from the match at the weekend. But if you have been bored senseless over the last couple of weeks when there's been no international football. Why not visit our Patreon site? It's www.patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you will find up to five shows every single day to do with Rangers, to do with the history of Rangers, to do with the funny side of Rangers, to do with other topics as well, uh, including other sports and other pop culture things. It's a veritable smorgasbord of entertaining content. And if you like what you hear on here, then visit. It's just $1.99 per month. And trust me, your days will fly by. Thank you to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Paul Myers. And thank you to my two guests today. First of all, the lovely Mr. Ian Hogg. Pleasure. I'm on the cheers. The terrific Mr. Cameron and James Bell. Pleasure, boys. Let's get a result, Rangers. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully discussing a famous victory. Until then, have a great weekend. Take care. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.